Shameless, the celebrity and pop culture podcast we have quite autocratically decided is your weekly guilty pleasure. You're joined as always by Melbourne journalists Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. <laughs> Shit, I just realised I put my name first. Yeah, you did. I only saw that as I was reading. You really stumbled over that one, didn't you? Yeah. Anyway, coming up on today's show, Scarlett Johansson ballsy Met Gala dress choice, the strange, widely reported rumours about the state of Tammy Hembrow's relationship and Chrissy Teigen's ultimate branding conundrum. Michelle, firstly, of course, how was your week? It was a good week. Was it? It was a really good week. I'm feeling good. I got my hair re-dyed for the first time in a long time. It's amazing how much of an impact it has on your psyche. Especially when you're blonde. And I've got like dirty blonde is my natural colour, but... I was basically so lazy that I was passing off my regrowth for just balayage. Passing it off? It was, no, (laughs) no. Mind you, my hairdresser was like, you're kind of pulling it off. No, no, it actually, it didn't look like regrowth. I feel so much better now. Um, It was obviously a really interesting week because, again, biggest downloads ever, but we had a really interesting response to our segment on Sarah's Day in last week's episode. Yeah, probably the biggest response I've had to any segment you said the same right yeah I mean quite an overwhelming response most of it good some um in the Sarah's Day camp (laughs) I will say I would say 95% good 5% a bit odd people some people really reject science yeah yeah like just aggressively so yeah and just don't see experts they almost think there's some conspiracy going on that scientists and doctors trying to like rot the system. I think I think it's this idea of big pharma the yeah. the idea that that pharmaceutical companies are trying to rip us off and it it plays into this huge fear-mongering um kind of culture among a real niche wellness community um yeah. and I think that's where it comes from where they just are so unwilling to consider any other point of view. And I know we got locked in a few. I have never engaged with people on Facebook comments. Like, I just don't. I could not help myself. I was getting so distracted at work. I was engaging with so many people, particularly on your Facebook page because post, sorry, because you wrote uh, a, a Facebook blog post, bo- yeah. blog, a blog post, sorry, that you posted on Facebook. And I just found myself engaging with far too many people on that. And hundreds of people did engage with that. And as we said, the vast majority were uh, very understanding of what we were trying to get at and really uh, understood what we were trying to say and what the doctors were trying to say. And we did not only quote the Cancer Council, we quoted Dr. Brad McKay, who gave us great quotes on everything. Yeah. If you guys missed that, go to Michelle's blog post and read Dr. Brad McKay's statement because he gave it to us just after we recorded we also put it in the show notes but if you miss that I would recommend reading that too yeah we'll put the blog post in our show notes today one thing I do really want to talk about before we get on to this week's topics is that it's one thing to critique someone and to hold them to account and to really investigate their claims it's another thing entirely to hate on them I got a lot of accusations that by critiquing Sarah and by uh, really looking at what she was saying and fact-checking the misinformation she was putting out that I was suddenly hating on her that was a big critique that was thrown at me from her camp and I disagree with that I don't think we were hating on her at all no and I think it's it also really interestingly goes along with the idea that if you critique a woman that you are suddenly anti-feminist or trying to bring down women which I also reject totally reject because what kind of world are we going to live in if we can't hold anybody to account especially I mean even even the women around us like the idea that that we can't be feminists because we somehow might want to critique some pretty broad claims that yeah and the sentiment of poor Sarah was really interesting to me because in my mind the poor women who have taken on this health advice without realizing that yeah. it's actually factually incorrect so like who's the Sarah, real victim here yeah exactly yeah. I don't think the woman earning hundreds of thousands of dollars from endorsement deals and vitamin brands is really the victim in this story I do agree with that. But I tell you, moving on to this week, probably we spoke a lot about the Met Gala last week, but the Met Gala is so big again this week for so many different reasons. Firstly, did you enjoy the spectacle? I did. This year was actually my favorite year for the fashion. We were kind of uh, debating back and forth last week as to what it would be like to to see a reimagination of what Catholic fashion looks like. It is still bizarre. Like I don't, I don't take back any of my claims that it's, it's odd to see Rihanna walking down a red carpet with a Pope's hat on and Sarah Jessica Parker with a nativity scene on her head. But in saying that, God, I felt like the world's biggest hypocrite because I 
goddamn loved it. I like loved, I loved it. Yeah. I could not stop looking at the photos. The fashion was unbelievable. What was your favorite look? Um, Blake Lively's for sure. Yeah, Blake Lively, Rihanna has to be up there in my mind. They were just so good. And Kim Kardashian, I know it was basic. I know she was basically just wearing a sequin full-length dress, but my God, her waist is just... Her body defies science. It, well, it, it, she probably has a lot of science yeah, going into her body. True. <laughs> but it just doesn't make any sense to me. I was looking at those photos having no idea how any of what she was pulling off was physically possible. Obviously, the dress that garnered the most attention, I would argue, was Scarlett Johansson in Marchesa. I don't often predict the future. I might have predicted I this. I think you actually did. I did. This is that's what I said. It would be really interesting to see if this is the the comeback mm. that they choose, and they did. Yeah, they really did, and it's been a very meticulous play at PR from Marquesa or Marchesa. We're going to go back and forth on this. I'll call her Marquesa, so we get both faces covered. Yeah, no. <laughs> Marquesa, it was meticulous PR from then. We saw Scarlett Johansson come out in a dress that wasn't my personal favourite. It looked a bit like something I'd wear to my year 11 formal, just going to say it. No, the biggest crime was the dress itself, it It being ugly. ugly. It was so ugly. But more than that, there was a lot of politics behind the dress. Yeah, so she came out in the dress and then we'll get to the Vogue profile that came out a bit afterwards. We'll get to that next. But first of all, what was your gut reaction when you saw her emerge in the first Marquesa dress we've seen on a red carpet since the Harvey Weinstein scandal? Yeah, I wasn't that fast. I really wasn't. Um, I just, I wondered that my immediate reaction was, is she close with Karen Craig and Georgina Chapman who run the label? That was my first thought. Nothing much deeper than that. Um, Because to be perfectly honest with you, I don't have the energy in me to really hold Georgina Chapman to account for her husband's crimes when I'd rather just channel all of that energy into men like him. Yeah. So in case anyone missed the memo, Harvey Weinstein had a huge influence on this label and there were reports around the time of Me Too that Harvey Weinstein was actually influencing actresses to wear his wife's brand. Yeah, bullying. Yeah, basically Uh, bullying them. So I guess it was a really pivotal moment in the Met Gala because I I don't know. I don't know why I had a gut reaction like this, but instantly I felt a bit ick about the whole thing. I think that would be the most commonly held reaction. Yeah. One thing I do think contributed to the sour taste in my mouth about Scarlett being the actress who was the one to wear Marquesa is the fact that she has kind of taken the side of people like Woody Allen. And And Roman Polanski. And Roman Polanski. So obviously Woody Allen has a very colourful and murky past. Colourful, such a lovely way to put it. I know. I don't really know how else to put it, but obviously Woody Allen is quite... He's got a questionable past. Controversial. And then Roman Polanski is a convicted rapist. Yeah, no question marks there. for her to come out and be the one to support this brand, it was the instant realisation to go, Scarlett's done it again, in my mind, where she's sidled up with a brand that has a questionable reputation. Yeah, and, and, is- I, and I think Scarlett is, has, is, has a reputation herself of being a little bit of a hypocrite. I remember in the Women's Marches last year when she came out and gave this rousing speech about James Franco, who was uh, accused of um, sexual harassment, and she said something like, I want my badge back because he was wearing a Time's Up badge at um, some of the red carpet events. And people came out straight away and said, it's all well and good for you to stand on this stage and make these statements, but when push has come to shove, you've defended the men who have really big question marks on their history and their pasts. And I think that's why it's also really curious that it's Scarlett wearing this dress. But then the longer I've had it to kind of think about it and mulled it over in my head, I just think, well, she's supporting two women. At the end of the day, Georgina Chapman left Harvey Weinstein after the scandal broke. It took her, I think it was two weeks to... Not even, I honestly think it took about five days. I think there was that New York Times piece and then Ronan Farrow wrote that... Um, huge New Yorker piece that came right after. And it was, I think, the minute that New Yorker piece was published, she came out and she said, I'm leaving. Yeah. And uh, in my head, originally, I was like, well, I don't want to support this brand. I don't want anyone to support this brand because it's still got that scent of Harvey all Mm. over it. Mm. But... Then again, this is a woman who has also been quite devastated by what has happened. She's obviously not as bad as the victims who have been sexually assaulted or abused. Absolutely. And I think what is forgotten in these conversations about whether a brand like this one can can have a resurgence and can have a comeback is that it's not just Georgina Chapman's 
label. It is Karen Craig's label too. This has been their lives for years and years and years. And they have about 80 employees working for them. Mm-hmm. And all of these parties are really innocent in this entire scandal. Now, Georgina Chapman's hands might not be clean. Like I am, I'm more than happy to say that, but I'm also more than happy to give her the benefit of the doubt. Like I really am because I don't think we will ever know what went on between those two. I don't think we'll ever know the dynamics of that relationship. And because of that, we'll never know. I'd rather just give her the benefit of the doubt. And I also think Scarlett's response to the backlash was really good as well. So she said in a statement after the Met Gala, I wore Marquesa because their clothes make women feel confident and beautiful. And it is my pleasure to support a brand created by two incredibly talented and important female designers. And as you say, they've got 80 mostly women in Mm. their office behind them. So to hold all of those women to account for something that they had no involvement with would be really dangerous to do. Now, this certainly wasn't the only statement to come. I think if you plotted the timeline of this comeback, it's so, so interesting. So uh, the Scarlett Johansson released her statement. Then came Marchesa releasing their statement saying we were so proud to have Scarlett in those in that dress. Then came Anna Wintour. And I think she has been the most pivotal player in this brand's entire comeback because I think her hands are all over it. The entire thing. Firstly, the Met Gala is hers. The Met Gala is hers. And then obviously the Vogue profile that came out on Wednesday US time, Thursday our time, which was glowing. It was the most sympathetic portrayal you could possibly imagine of someone like Georgina Chapman. There were no hard-hitting questions. There were nothing that really tried to hold her to account. No, it was basically a depiction of a woman who has had her life ravaged by a psychopathic husband. The quotes that really stuck with me from, I think she spoke to Jonathan Van Meter, was the Mm. journalist, and it was, I have moments when I just cry for my children. What are their lives going to be? What are people going to say to them? It's like they love their dad. They love him. I just can't bear it for them. And he said all of this went saying she was sobbing, yeah. uncontrollably sobbing while he was telling her this, which is a really interesting point but to put in. You can it's it, that is absolutely believable because whether or not she knew what was going on or whether or not she had been told that there were rumours that existed, you can imagine a mother feeling that for her children. Mm. I think the more convincing argument to me is Yashar Ali, who is a freelance journal who writes a bit for the Huffington Post, wrote a pretty um, critical take on this Vogue profile. And he basically said the rumours are that Georgina Chapman did know that there were rumours going on about her husband. That is what he was writing today. And she he was saying that there were women and victims that came out or survivors of sexual um, abuse and assault at the hands of, of Weinstein who said Weinstein would be making really misogynistic comments in front of Chapman to them. And I think for me that's more convincing because – if she can see this misogynist, what kind of world are they living in at home and what kind of world um, have they cultivated at home where he feels more than comfortable to be misogynistic in public? What kind of animal is he at home? And then I think maybe it's much harder for me to imagine her leaving him when he is such a bully, not just to everybody else, but potentially to her too. Yeah, the potential that she was a victim as well. Exactly. And I think, yeah, that idea that, that he was, just the fact that he didn't hide it from her in public is um, was really interesting for me to see. Now it's time for the quick and dirty. You guys know the drill. Every week we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity news cycle. Zara, it is your turn to host it today. Host it, lead it. I have host, lead. Champion it. King, King. queen, king it. (laughs) A verb, in case you're wondering. Um, Okay, let's do it. The first story on my list is obviously one from the Met Gala. And this is one of my favorite stories of the week, simply because of the way this story was framed. Vote. That's how it starts. Was it rude of Kendall Jenner to push that Met Gala aide out of the way? That's from Perez Hilton. I love Perez Hilton. Uh, That was the biggest beat-up story of the week. This whole video of Kendall Jenner supposedly pushing a Met Gala aide to the side. Excuse me. It was like shoving, pushing, basically violently (laughs) abusing. It's like assaulting. (laughs) (laughs) If you actually watch the video, she literally gently put her hand on his back, the middle of his back, to basically say, you're stepping into a photo. Just step forward. 
Yeah. She did not at all. She was posing for photos. It's not like she could turn around, tap him on the shoulder and be like, excuse me, pal, can you just take a step that away? <laughs> Nobody has time for that on a, a red carpet as meticulously planned as, as the Met Gala red carpet, a gold carpet, in, th- in fact. Um, I just loved how Perez had, had started a vote for this as if like this is the best way to, to demonstrate democracy. <laughs> um, There's a really weird hatred towards Kendall Jenner at the moment. People calling her beige and boring and stupid and think whatever you want I just think it's all a little bit mean I think this was a total beat up she didn't do anything wrong it was a total beat up it was still fun to watch along (laughs) um number two Katy Perry ends Taylor Swift feud with actual olive branch that's from the BBC and you know when the BBC are reporting on a celebrity (laughs) feud it's a big one uh I think both women just realized the world was a little bit sick of this PR feud and decided to end it for good And also what was interesting to me is that also people didn't really care that it was done. I mean, everybody reported on it because I feel like everybody felt they had a responsibility to report that this had ended because every news outlet had reported on the minute of their feud over the course of two or three years. Every news outlet basically has timelines of each interaction between both women over the last decade. But this had the shortest um, timeline in terms of the news cycle. Like it was basically this article and then people just did not care. I feel like they've both sort of fallen off the radar a bit. I know Taylor Swift is starting her reputation tour this week. I'm going to it when it's in Melbourne. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've I'm been not, to every Taylor Swift concert. I'm not. See, I'm not a fan of this new reputation album, so I'm not going to support the uh, stadium tour. That's not that she'll enough. feel it. That's fair <laughs> enough. My, uh, my interest kind of lies in the fact that she's ended one feud with Katy Perry and started a very public other feud with Kim, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. I know. It's all just a bit like eye roll. It just seems contrived, and that's why it just seems boring to me. Anyway, number three, what the hell is going on with Elon Musk and Grimes? That's from the cut. Yeah, you want to tell me what's going on? What the hell is going on with Elon Musk and Grimes? I said to you earlier this week, um, I'm going to put this in the quick and dirty because I don't understand it. I don't get it. It was uh, all over my newsfeed, and I thought not one part of me cares about Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, Tesla. and I got no fucking idea who Grimes is. I think Singer. Oh yeah, Singer. Okay. I mean, I did say no, no, no. That's not to say I didn't do some googling later, but um, it looked like to me that that Elon Musk was turning up at the Met Gala and he knew Amber Heard, his ex girlfriend, was going to be there. So he basically just decided to go public with a random singer and apparently yeah. make out with her at the after party. That was a bit weird. It was Elon very Musk odd. is just a bit of a unusual character I think I don't think you can be that smart and not be unusual mm. anyway um so Grimes is a singer uh, uh, a quirky cool one I think because I don't know who she is so way she, too cool for us to know. mate I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert in like four months time I'm not cool enough I'm to sure know. I'm sure her music is on like triple J or something. <laughs> that triple I did go to that the triple J test nut. I went to the yeah. Moo last weekend so I'm a little bit cool no 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 Groove in, the bee, Groove in the Boo Groove in the Moo is so basic Mm. It might be like sponsored or something run by Triple J, but that's not, that's like me saying, I, I like music. I go to fall. <laughs> I know nothing. Anyway, <laughs> you go. <laughs> Next you just story. just insulted my entire group of friends. That's fine. And your entire group of friends. I don't mind. I've done worse. <laughs> Number four, Miranda Kerr and Evan Spiegel welcomed their first child together from Vogue. I was pleasantly surprised by their baby name. So obviously they had a son. Heart. Heart. I really like it. H-A-R-T. It's my boyfriend's last name. Aw. Good day, Matt. Okay. It's called Heart, but the reason I like it is because it's uh, kind of a shout out to his grandfather, who was also called Heart. I just thought it was nice. I I thought it was... Pleasantly unusual is what I'm going to call yeah, it. Yeah, one of those quirky names where you don't look at it and go, the poor child. You yeah. look at it and go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, he can live with that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and my last one, uh, that, <laughs> just to preempt, Bachelorette won't comment on cheating claims, but Channel 10 says allegations are false and misleading from the advertiser. Channel 10 has themselves in a big of a pickle, I would say. Quite a big pickle. <laughs> yeah, so obviously Ali Oatjen who has found herself in the middle of quite a saucy debacle this week when Grant, the man that she was dating and in love with on The Bachelor in Paradise, accused her of cheating on him with his friend when he walked up the stairwell of his house and saw another man going down on her. 
sure, if you wanted to be explicit about it. Um, yeah, that was basically the details. And he had no issue being public with Kyle and Jackie O about that. I wonder how much Kyle and Jackie O paid him to say that. God bless his cotton socks. This type of drama keeps me alive. Oh, it's a pretty filthy thing to do. Like, it's a filthy thing to cheat, but I would argue it's pretty filthy to come out with those kinds of details. I have less of an issue with him coming out saying, look, she cheated on me. But painting a really vivid, explicit image of somebody doing those kinds of things I feel like is pretty dog. Perhaps it's not the most moral thing in the world, but if you're enraged and the person you've loved has cheated on you, perhaps you're not feeling the most moral you've ever felt. <laughs> this is also true. Um, I wonder how Channel 10 is going to play it. It blows my mind that they wouldn't have vetted things like this. And it's not just that Grant is some random ex-boyfriend coming out of the woodwork. This was someone that they had under contract as well. Um, and it blows my mind that they wouldn't have had a conversation with her saying, give us every single detail of why you guys broke up. They would have known he could have gone a bit rogue. Um, they would have known that this could have happened. And the fact that they still chose her as the bachelorette and and let it happen I, I just find it astounding truly agree it's a really big mess for them because the bachelorette and the bachelor are built in australia anyway not in america it's a little bit different but in australia it's built on this fairy tale very pg clean very image. pure yeah and i think what a lot of um, discourse around this is is that it is slut shaming, and I think some of the coverage definitely has been slut shaming. I know that um, some publications have dub- dug up really old quotes of Ali's where she said she was talking about having sex in a helicopter or something like that, and I do find that really, really the, the sole definition of, of slut shaming. But I think when it comes down to people feeling uncomfortable about having someone like her as the bachelorette now, I do think it's just a moral thing. People are saying, here's a woman that's saying she wants to commit and wants a family and wants a partner so badly. And yet when she had that, she gave it away very quickly. Yeah. So it's a hypocrisy thing for me. Yeah. I'm uh, The slut shaming thing, I agree with you. But then on the flip side, I also think there would be a lot of backlash, say, if Maddie J had been embroiled in the same type of scandal and it had emerged that he had cheated on his previous partner with another woman, people would have hated Maddie there's J, would no not have wanted him for The Bachelor. So it is slut-shaming a little bit because I, I do think, think there's a tinge. It's just like a little sprinkling on the top where I feel like the coverage is a little bit different because it's a woman. I just think that I don't... <sighs> I don't think that news outlets would go to the same effort to dig up really mm. old quotes, really crude old quotes, if it was Maddie J. True, true. And it'll be really, really bloody interesting what happens next. I will honestly be surprised if they go ahead with her as The Bachelorette. I don't I know how they quite, can't. Well, it's a really risky choice now. They've completely trashed that good, clean image. And of course, every woman has had sex with other people before. Everyone has got their dating history. And I'm sure lots of women wouldn't be proud of what they've done with previous ex-boyfriends or cheating or whatever. The fact of the matter is the public holds a particular hatred for cheaters. Despite the fact that probably 50% of people over their lifetime will cheat, we hold a really visceral contempt for those who cheat on their partners. I actually do dread this show coming out because I dread the kind of stories she's going to have to face. I dread the coverage that she's going to, that she's going to be subject to. Um, and I dread public reaction for her. I think that's all for the quick and dirty. Yeah. I think that's all I've got. Thank you, Zara McDonald. Anytime. I take a shower and (laughs) I don't know what I was, that's what I did. And then I got my hair and makeup done. And then I came to the Oscars. (laughs) I'm sorry. I did a shot before I, (laughs) All right, guys, we've spoken about an array of influences on Shameless before, but none of them compare to Tammy Hembrow. The Gold Coast-based mum of two, who has over 8 million followers on Instagram, is renowned for having the perfect body and the perfect life. Although things were flipped on their head this week, when the 24-year-old found herself trending on Twitter, suddenly thousands upon thousands of people were accusing her of cheating on longtime partner and the father of her children, Reese Hawkins. Zara, what do you make of the story? Because Tammy Hembrow's kind of fame is really Instagram-centric and she's not necessarily part of the mainstream media. In fact, if you Google her, there's not that much on Google about her. The The conversations about this have felt like they've, they've happened underground, the internet, but in a huge way. And you're so right. They were trending all over Twitter. The tweets about it were getting thousands of retweets. Yeah. So many people engaging in this conversation. Um, what first piqued my interest was the fact that people were talking about it not as if it was rumour but as if it was fact. 
So I, the first tweet I saw was from a woman who said, just heard Tammy Hembrow cheated on her partner, Reese Hawkins. What devastating news. Mm. Rather than I heard this first hand, a second hand, third hand, this might have happened. It's what devastating news. Another person with, I think it was like 40,000 followers, some model in LA said, I know Tammy Hembrow cheated on Reese while she was in New York, whatever. So it gave details on supposedly when this happened, how it happened. And this just exploded. And of course it did because Tammy Hembrow and Reese Hawkins are the exception to the rule. They are two people who met when they were 18, 19. They got pregnant within three months of knowing each other. They were young. They basically didn't have full-time jobs. I think one of them was working as a bartender. The other one is a PT here and there. And they kept the baby. That's Wolf. Um, and it's bizarre how they rose to fame. So literally Tammy Hembrow became famous because she had this perfect pregnancy where she looked so hot. It's probably some weird fetish that guys have that millions of people started to follow her while she's pregnant and looked so good. And mums too, because it's that it's you're almost a masochist sometimes on Instagram about the people that you follow. Um, And so this is what I find so interesting about it is that these two have the most unusual rise to fame in that they were very fresh as a couple when they got pregnant. They had nothing. They lived in a tiny apartment, yet this image they put out to Instagram was so aspirational. And very, very quickly, brands got behind Tammy. She suddenly released an e-book. She has this body that is just unbelievable. And within a few years, they've now got two children. I think Reese is 23, Tammy is 24. They have together a following of about 10 million people and they are just powerhouses. They own three companies. They live in the most beautiful mansion. They own so many cars, designer handbags. They dress their kids purely in designer clothing. It is like, this is the perfect based on commercial materialistic ideals family yeah and I think what was interesting about a lot of the conversations that went on on Twitter god when you go deep on this stuff you feel like you just hate yourself because the commentary (laughs) is truly quite terrible but so many people saying oh I'll never believe what I see on Instagram ever again and I think what we forget is because we talk about this a lot but I think what we forget is that although Everybody in the back of their minds knows what they're seeing on Instagram isn't real and knows what they're seeing on Facebook isn't real. At the end of the day, nobody sort of gives themselves enough time to consider that Tammy Hembrow and Reese Hawkins might just have a really tough relationship like the rest of us. And when push comes to shove, you'll believe anything that you see. Mm, it's almost like we believe it on the whole, but when it comes to applying it to very specific people or stories or narratives that we've bought into, we don't want to apply what we know to be true anymore. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago, yeah. that there are studies out there that show the more you put your relationship on social media is a red flag that the weaker that relationship is. So we did reach out to Tammy and Reese about this because first and foremost, a lot of people want to know if it's true. Um, they are steadfast that it's not true. The cheating um, rumors the aren't cheating, true. Yeah, they're a bit vague about whether they're still together. So Tammy's sister actually got back to us and said, these rumors are a little crazy. And with how new we are to dealing with something like this, Tammy has found it difficult to figure out what the best way to respond is. Because they are so untrue, we wanted first to ignore it, but that seemed to make people mad. So now they feel the online community kind of backed them into a corner to respond. Respond, which is kind of true. It spread like wildfire. And when you ignore something, it makes it's it not enough anymore. Exactly. And it didn't only spread like wildfire. The hatred for Tammy on Twitter blew me away. Like I've seen hate and I've seen trolling and I've seen all of it, but people despise her and they all think she cheated. It's not like people are throwing this around as a rumor. That's what, that's what, that's what really got me is that nobody is even taking this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Thousands upon thousands of people are saying that Tammy cheated on Reese and it's just been communicated as fact. I think, I know when we talked about Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson um, a couple of weeks ago, is that Tristan Thompson was definitely painted as a devil when he cheated on Khloe Kardashian three days before she was due to give birth. But there is this unreserved hatred that we were just talking about with Ali Ochin for a woman that does this. Mm. There's such an unreserved hatred. It's an entirely different reaction. That's not to say that we don't care when men do it, but I just think there's this, this idea that a man's just an idiot when he cheats. A woman is a slut. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think that's the best way to put it. The statement that we did receive from Tammy's sister, Amy, went on to say, just because a couple is going through something doesn't give people the right to make up whatever they want and post it. People are trying to come up with their own reasons to why their relationship is going through something. And I don't think it's fair to use that as a tool to force them into sharing something they are not ready to share. So that's obviously direct from the family. We know something's going on. We know that they might not be together anymore. What I was what I was reading um, was that Reese had actually posted a Snapchat of them two saying, are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them we're not together? And then there was a bit of confusion as to whether he told his audience that they that they were just had split or whether he had told them that she had cheated and that's where the rumor had come from. He deleted it very quickly, but there was a real sort of, there was nothing very clear cut online yeah. as to what he he actually said and whatever he said in that video has sparked these rumors and they just haven't calmed down ever since no and it it really does as i said baffle me that these rumors are communicated as fact it's literally fake news going around i hate to use a word coined by trump but there you go i just did it it's a good it's a good little phrase <laughs> it's funny that it happened this week because at the same time tammy hembrow was trending for a fake story so too was jason derulo this was hilarious yeah and i think there's definitely a parallel that we can look at between them so jason derulo was the top trending topic on twitter i think it was on tuesday when the met gala was going on because this photo was circulating of a man falling down the stairs at what was said to be jason derulo at the met gala so everyone was sharing this story going oh my god how funny jason derulo just fell down the stairs at the met gala too bad the met gala's carpet was gold and this was a red bright red carpet and too bad nobody has spoken about jason derulo probably for four years (laughs) (laughs) and there's no way he would get invited to that thing no onwards so what I found interesting was, again, a completely false story that gained incredible traction that had no basis. Well, it reminds me of that time this story went viral. Um, it was a meme, actually, and I think it started on Twitter. And it said something like, wow, I just found out today that the news stands for news, entertainment, weather and sport. <laughs> and did you see that story going? No. And so... Yeah, everyone believed it. People were tagging their friends. It was going viral. It was trending as well. And so many people had to come out and be like, no, news does not stand for news, entertainment, <laughs> weather and sport. But I am so sure there are people out there. Wait, people- n- wait, news stands for news, entertainment. What do you mean? So N just means news. Exactly. It made no sense. <laughs> it made no sense. And I am so, I'm betting that there are people out there, potentially people listening right now, who had that, who never had that corrected. And it's terrifying. But that's really harmless. I mean, if you walk around and think news stands for news, entertainment, weather and sport, all power to you. But when we're talking about real people um, and the... And, and a really young family. Super, super young. I think when you are... This is overnight success. And I know that we talk about overnight success not really being a thing anymore because people put so much hard yards into into doing whatever they do to become famous. This is fame you probably can't prepare for, particularly when they are so, so, so young. And you have, I don't think you can imagine that scale, having 8 million people follow your every move. I just don't think you can. And they are so young. They don't know how to deal with this. Whatever is going on, whether it's true or not, They just don't know how to deal with it. And so whatever way they do deal with it right now makes them look guilty. Absolutely. And I also wanted to bring in a study that was done by Dartmouth University in 2016 that showed more than 27% of adults had consumed a piece of fake news in a month. So the space of a month over a quarter of adults had consumed fake news without even knowing it. How scary is that, that every single month... I'm laughing. I know it's true. I'm laughing because I'm remembering a time I was sitting at home with my older brother and my younger brother sprints down the stairs. I'm not kidding. Like sprints really fast and says, oh my God, guys, have you heard Donald Trump has had a heart attack? (laughs) And he's showing us the um, tweet and it's just fake. Yeah. But, and I know this doesn't sound like the most earth shattering kind of idea that of course we're consuming fake news, but like I said, when it is about somebody that we see all the time and the way that people were talking about it was as if it was fact, it's really, really, really terrifying. Yeah, and Tammy's our age and for a lie about her to go viral is just so horrifying. Do you think it will do much to her brand? Yes, I actually do because I think Tammy Hembrow as a brand is built entirely on the perfect family. If you go through her Instagram, everything is about the kids. Everything is about her perfect relationship with Reese. The YouTube account and 
uh, her other social media channels are built around vlogs and kind of like what it's like a day in the life of a perfect mum. That's not how she's she not. Works and this is where I think you fall down when you create a brand like that is because she's not someone like a Sophie Keisha who does like a warts and all kind of. She doesn't do a warts and all look into the life of a real mum. That's just not what she's built a following off. And, and if that's what she wants to do, that's fine. But when it comes to when things don't go so well and whether that be her, she's splitting from Reese or something else is going on, then your entire business will really struggle because of that. Yeah, and I actually think in this instance, it probably will. So it's just upsetting. I mean, it would be very upsetting for them. Do you think when you have 8 million followers, though, on Instagram, there's very little you could do that could ruin a business entirely? Uh, I'm not sure. I think this will affect her core. So the people who are diehard, dedicated to her and committed to following her and Reese, it will affect that. And I would say that same core are the same people investing in her by buying her products. I wouldn't say all those 8 million, for example, I've followed Tammy Hembrow for probably two years and I have never bought anything from any of her brands. Because the sense that I get about Tammy Hembrow and, and you tell me a lot that it's all about um, her family and the perfect life. But the sense that I get as someone who doesn't follow her, I must say, is it's all about her ass in the least crude way possible. It is all about this, this body. Oh, that it's she's about the got. body as well. Yeah. Of and course. so, so there are going to be so many people who are only following it for the aesthetics. Well, I think so. But I think we've also spoken about before that the most engaging people on Instagram, like the Steph Claire Smith, like the Zoe Foster Blakes, are the most engaging and get the biggest followings because they add that narrative to it. It's one thing to be hot on Instagram. It's another thing to be hot and have this life that people can buy into. Everyone cares about the relationship. Everyone cares about the kids. Yeah, no, of course. But I think once you've built that following, once it's built, I think you can pull back a bit. And I think what we've found with Steph Clesmith in particular is I don't think she shares nearly as much about her life anymore on social media, on Instagram, once she's built that following, which is what she totally has the right to do. But I think with Tammy Hembra, I also don't think she has to share as much anymore because the feel, the following's built. Mm. And it, her riches are there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's only so far she can fall, I guess, is how I feel. But if, if it is true, on the off chance that it might be, um, I hope that that her fans, I'm saying I hope, but the world is very predictable. I just hope the backlash isn't really, really nasty, even though I know it will be, because like we were just talking about with Ali, there's just such a nastiness about it. So we will have to see where this one goes, Mm. won't we? Yeah. In the off chance Tammy Hembrow listens to Shameless, we're thinking of you. Yeah, we are. (laughs) And you moved into a new house. We do, yes. It actually used to be Rihanna's house. Did she leave anything behind? The one fun thing that does happen every once in a while is I get a bill of hers. So I tried to bring it to the Grammys, and John said, no, that doesn't look cool. Please don't. You're embarrassing me. You're going to... Yeah, uh, Rihanna, you owe $18 to Bugatti. I think. <laughs> You're opening her mail? You you know that's illegal, right? Is it? Yeah, you can't open people's mail. Really? But it's my house now. No, it's... <laughs> Can you not? No, you cannot Are open... Are we going to edit this? I, yes. <laughs> This week, Chrissy Teigen wasn't even at the Met Gala and she managed to make headlines all about it. Yes, from the comfort of her own home, Teigen's prolific tweeting landed her a spot in headlines from everywhere, from Harper's Bazaar to People to Vogue. The world loves her and for very good reason. Mish, do you think this is the most spectacular example of a cool girl that we have? Yeah, I think Chrissy Teigen is the American Zoe Foster Blake. I think she is... Our Zoe Foster Blake is obviously very into beauty and skin and uh, humor. And I think Chrissy's America is that in that she's just a bit more political, which I think mirrors their climate. But I think they're basically very representative of each country's cool girl. Yeah, that is true because I think um, in Australia, because we have such tall, tall poppy syndrome, you have to be far more modest. You have to be not as... Um, political, not as outrageous, a bit safer, I think. And Zoe does that. She doesn't parade wealth. She doesn't do anything like that. Chrissy does because she can in America. I Do you follow her on Twitter? I do. I follow her everywhere I can because I, I think she's just so funny. I, was, I surprised myself a couple of months ago when I started following her because I didn't know a heap about her. I had seen her in headlines. I knew she was married to John Legend. I knew that she often made headlines for her tweets. And as someone who, who works in the media and you often find yourself either reading or writing about stories of people 
just a tweet that they might write. It does look like a bit – it can look from, from the outside as a bit of a setup um, and not very authentic even though her entire brand is being authentic. And I remember when I started following her and she's such a prolific tweeter that it can't be inauthentic because you can't be that consistently funny all the bloody time. No, and she's quick. Oh, my she's God. So she's quick, quick on things. Yeah. Uh, just makes my head spin. But she absolutely does fit the bill for what we would consider a cool girl. Uh, she's hot, but she's self-deprecating at the same time. Skinny, but loves junk food. Funny, but not annoying. And I think those things are really important that you need to be – you need to be self-deprecating. If you're going to be as hot as, as Chrissy Teigen is as a model. Like Sports Illustrated. Sports Swimsuit model. model. You need to take the piss out of yourself. If you are going to be as skinny as she is, she needs to talk about making lasagna and eating pasta and loving carbs because those things, we want you to be all those things as a woman, but we don't want you to try too hard. Yeah. So it's all about her effortlessly being this cool without trying to be cool. Yeah. And I think the one that really gets me is her ability. And when you just touched on it before to be really political and she is quite political. She is never shy of an opinion. She's able to be political without being angry. And I don't think I have that skill (laughs) to be political without being angry. In fact, I don't think many people have that skill because I think politics naturally fires you up. Mm. Um, But she has this remarkable ability to tap into conversations, to be really smart about her comment but being really funny about it at the same time. And I think that's why people really like her. I remember I deep dived this for Mamma Mia a couple of months ago. And my overriding fear for someone like Chrissy Teigen is that she is so great and so wonderful and so funny. But with people like this, with women like this historically, we always pull them down at their first opportunity. Mm. Like we never, ever let them stay on that pedestal that we plop them on. The Jennifer Lawrences of the world, the Amy Schumers. There's so many examples of cool girls who are so funny and so adored at the very start. I mean, I remember that in 2013, I think, when Jennifer Lawrence first properly rose to fame, the headlines were amazing. Why Jennifer Lawrence is our favorite girl of 2013. Why Jennifer Lawrence is the best thing to happen to the internet. Why you have to watch this Jennifer Lawrence interview. And then within two years, the headlines were Jennifer Lawrence is too crude, too crass, too annoying, Mm. too much. I don't actually agree with you. I don't think Chrissy Teigen will be pulled down in the same way that we see the typical cool girl pulled down. And I think that all comes back to something I discussed a while ago with Dr. Lauren Rosewarn. So she's a senior lecturer at University of Melbourne. She really studies uh, celebrities and pop culture and she is very intelligent about her observations with it. And the reason I don't think Chrissy Teigen will have the same fall from grace as a cool girl as those celebrities you just listed is because of her husband. And I want to be really clear about this. This It's almost like you need to give the disclaimer before you say that because it sounds far more close-minded than it is. Yeah. So Dr. Rosewarn described it to me as sexually transmitted ethics. So it's the idea that a woman's reputation is more bulletproof if the public approves of her husband because a husband is a reflection of her. So we see this with Zoe Foster Blake. I think Zoe Foster Blake is bulletproof because she has Hamish as her husband and that's not at all to detract from how clever and witty and funny and engaging Zoe Foster Blake is. It's looking back at us saying that we still judge women by the men that they have around them and all the celebrities you listed before were single women and I think we definitely judge single women whereas with Chrissy Teigen and Zoe Foster Blake, two people who epitomize what it means to be a cool girl and who epitomize what it means to be bulletproof both have husbands who are adored. Yeah, but I think there's a huge... I do actually think there's a big difference between someone like Chrissy Teigen and Zoe Foster Black, Black, <laughs> Zoe Foster Blake, in that Hamish Blake is adored. I don't think you could find a, a man of his age in this country who people love universally more, from my grandma to my younger cousins. I really don't think you can. John Legend is, is liked and is very likable, but he's not adored. I reject the idea that he's adored. And I think that, sure, her having a cute family, being pregnant, having a kid called Luna um, and and being married to him certainly helps from her being pulled down. But I don't think it makes her any more likable and I don't think it, it protects her in the same way. Any that more likable? I don't think really? it makes her – I don't think it makes her – 
more likable. I think it protects her from falling. I tell you what I think it affects. I think when it comes to single women like Jennifer Lawrence, the reason they fall down often is because they're looked at as an untrustworthy Actually, I reject woman. that as well because Jennifer Lawrence wasn't single during all of this. She was in a long-term relationship. She, she broke up that long-term relationship with Nicholas Holt only probably two or three years ago. Um, around the time yeah of <laughs> I was going around in a circle and reaching a point being around like I've just proved it no 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 that I am absolutely on the train of sexually transmitted ethics because I think when you had this conversation with Dr. Rose Warren um there was also Roxy Jasenko and Oliver Curtis brought up and Oliver Curtis obviously went to jail for 12 months yeah so insider trading yeah and her brand suffered insane amounts because of that and I know that she doesn't drive the most likable narrative and that is a very deliberate on her behalf because she doesn't care but I think if you read any article about Roxy Jasenko there will invariably be comments about her being married to a criminal underneath Mm. them on Facebook I think that's a pretty fair yeah but I think sexually transmitted ethics overall say a lot of things about a lot of women so Katie Holmes the public I would say felt very differently about Katie Holmes when she was married to Tom Cruise someone the public didn't like compared to now when she's dating Jamie Foxx who the public likes I think the public sees Katie Holmes as a different woman no absolutely but I also don't even think that that's as gendered as you want to make it out it's definitely gendered but I don't think it's it's absolutely gendered so the reason I think I think a man all I'm saying is I think a man is more likable too when he's dating someone that we deem more likable but getting back to you say um John Legend and Chrissy Teigen I will not deny that it helps I will not deny the fact that it helps. What I remember the, the only time that she's probably stumbled in the public eye is, do you remember when she was um, getting pregnant with Luna and they came out quite publicly and said that they had chosen the gender yes. through IVF and that people really struggled with that because in this effortless narrative she tries to tell about her life is so so easy and so chill and she did have real problems falling pregnant. That felt very... Unusual. It felt yeah. jarring, I felt, guess. It did feel jarring. Yeah. And the minute that you do go and contradict a brand that you haven't even deliberately cultivated, you start to struggle in the public eye. She's built her way back up probably because she just started tweeting again. Yeah, but even your suggestion there that she hasn't deliberately cultivated it, I disagree. I think she has. I think she's very deliberate. And I love Chrissy Teigen, so I, I'm saying this all knowing that I still adore her, but she's very deliberate with the stuff she puts out there to come across as relatable. It's almost to disarm women. Yes, she's hot. Yes, she's amazing. Yes, she's a model, but it's to disarm her female followers from going, don't feel threatened by me. So she does things like she'll post photos of her stretchies. Do you remember that? Yeah. She was lying on the couch and would take a photo of her very tiny, very dainty stretch marks on her thighs. Or during the Met Gala, would take a photo of her messy bun, would take a photo of her makeup-free face and point fun at herself and every other celebrity who writes about the dream team behind their looks. She does all this because she's very clever and because she doesn't want women to hate her for being too perfect. No, I know. And I know when I say it's she may not have deliberately cultivated it. I mean to say that at the start, sometimes when you, you might send a tweet or do an Instagram or she might have cracked her first joke and it was well received she realized oh actually this is a line of of this is a line that could work for me rather than setting out from the outset and saying I want women to like me so this is how I'm gonna do it Mm. do you see the difference there yeah yeah. um what I actually do find jarring though as well as that first um you know that first pregnancy is her really really tight friendships with the Kardashians yeah and I think that's something that people doesn't seem to stress people out, maybe because she doesn't parade it as much as she possibly could, but it's still out there. Everybody knows they're really close friends. And it's it's amazing to me that that, that doesn't dint her brand at all. Yeah, even John Legend and Kanye West, they obviously have a bit of a volatile relationship <laughs> really? recently, but they're basically best friends. Kim and Chrissy seem basically like best friends. So... I agree. It is weird that that hasn't penetrated them because you either love or hate the Kardashians, whereas I don't see the same thing with Chrissy. You either love her or you like her. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of weird. But the most interesting comments I've ever heard her say is she was um, interviewed by The Cut a year or two ago and it was pretty puffy piece. It wasn't it was, you know those overly adoring pieces that are a bit eye roll, which mm. aren't usually the cut style, but this definitely was. It was like, oh, Chrissy, you're a cool girl. How awesome's that? <laughs> and um, 
they said, how do you feel about being a cool girl? Uh, and she said, it's good. It's scary though, because you try to find a balance. What ends up happening to the cool girl is that there's this backlash, like they're trying too hard. It's nice to be a cool girl, but it's scary because you're waiting for that moment when people turn. And I think if she is hyper aware of that, that probably helps. I think the Jennifer Lawrence's of the world had no idea what they were in for because they just suddenly thought that they were liked. So you push that card really, really far. In fact, you push the authentic card so far that you suddenly become appear inauthentic yeah it almost appears like a shtick yeah jennifer lawrence was accused of purposely falling all around the world because she had this shtick that she was so clumsy and yes she looked amazing but she was this basically grasshopper human who couldn't keep (laughs) herself standing yeah Yeah. exactly and who's that who is that not like who who struggles with creativity that much that they can't find something else to do that's funny that would deliberately trip three or four times like i trip all the time maybe she legitimately that's why i'm saying it's it was real to me because i thought if i was gonna try and seem authentic i'm not gonna try and trip three or four times i'm gonna do three or four different things i think jennifer lawrence is actually just hilariously awkward and the world got over it the world was just like well get it together now but i also think it's that idea that she's too much like she's just too much for us to consume so we just get a bit over it chrissy Teigen is not yet too much but like we said i i don't see it's impossible for there to be a day where she doesn't become too much where we suddenly think i roll shut up Really, I think I think. Do you she's think she's really nailed forever? the balance? I I don't think she will have a fall like the other women you've mentioned at all. And I think it all comes back to the sexually transmitted ethics we talked about because but, I don't think I see that happening to Zoe Foster Blake, and I don't see it happening to other women who have famous partners who are adored by the public because I think it does provide them with a level of insulation that means they might fall and the public might lose interest for a little bit and they might have a few chinks in their armour but they're never going to be walked across and stood on like the Roxy Jacenkos of the world. Well there you are assuming that John Legend and Chrissy Teigen are going to survive forever as well which is your first mistake because they might not. I've fallen for the couple girls things again. Hey anyway I reckon that's all we have time for today. That's all. Thank you so much for joining joining us for episode 10 please subscribe to the show in your podcast feed that's how we help spread the word and allow other people to find our show this is where i get really nervous because i can never say this line (laughs) without stumbling so let's have a try please don't forget that you are so more than welcome to join the conversation by joining our facebook group search for shameless celebrity gossip on facebook and i am really enjoying the conversation no absolutely it's so good uh so if you guys want to come in please do but you can also email us if you want to your thoughts our email is shamelessthepodcast at gmail.com bravo you got got there through it without sounding like i have a lisp that's all right you did a good job thank you so much and thank you to you guys too we will be back in your ears next week Woo. Oh, hi, it's Annabelle Lee and Louis Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo! We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week. Now, every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a time <laughs> to be in your ear holes. So essentially, <laughs> each episode, we unpack the real life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in mm-hmm. their lives, which, let's be real, Annabelle, is all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to our show, please do head to your favourite podcast app and listen now. See you there. Bye.